The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. But I want you to turn your, um, either turn on your smartphones and go to uh, uh, 2 Timothy 1, or if you're um, old school, get that paper Bible out, and 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. I love what the Bible says here. The Bible says that he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Now, I, I think that's amazing in, in, in the fact that right here, here is Timothy receiving, young Timothy, uh, he is receiving a letter from the Apostle Paul, his mentor, the person that basically led him to faith. And the Bible is, is right here showing us thousands of years later this letter that was sent back to Timothy, the young, young pastor of a, of, a, of a church that was growing. And there was lots of issues that, that Paul was helping him work through. And obviously, you can see that Paul is answering a lot of his questions that Timothy had obviously sent a letter. Now, we don't, we're not privy to that letter um, that, that Timothy wrote uh, Paul, but we can assume what was being replied to, that obviously it was a question or something was asked in the way, whether it be through a circumstance that Timothy and the, and the church is facing. And so Paul is summarizing this amazing verse, which, you know, we, we, we like to label it as 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, but it's an amazing verse because it should actually be, this is the purpose of a Christian life. This is it. We, we see it right now. The Bible says here, he has saved us and he has called us to a holy life. Now, you know, what an amazing thing, holy. Have you ever thought about what holy is? Holy is absolute perfection. And it's like, uh, you know, like you, you are unblemished. You've not made a mistake. That's what holy is because God is holy. Amen? And so, you know, this is what Paul's saying. Now, this, to me, presents me with quite a challenge because I realize, wait a minute, like if he, if, if he has saved us, and he has called us, he's called me, he has saved me, he has saved you, and he has called you to a holy life, then I just think, you know, every single day I mess up. Anyone here with me? Anyone with me? Just a few sinners in this place. You know, we've all made mistakes. All of us, we've all messed up, you know? And, um, and, and, and I just sometimes look at this, and if we see it in the wrong context, if we see it in a, in a way where I have to somehow attain this, if I have to somehow you know, make myself reach this point, then I want to tell you, friends, is that we're always going to fail. You're never going to live that holy life, except to say that Jesus, if you want to look at it a different way, that Jesus has actually saved us from having to try and strive to be holy Instead, Jesus has said, look, I'm going to save you from all the effort, save you from the impossibility. I'm going to save you from that, and I'm just going to call you to a holy life. I think that's amazing in itself, that God would call us to, to be holy, to be holy just like him. Not because of anything that we have done. Friends, you and I, we have not deserved this at all. You don't deserve the fact that you live in such a beautiful, awesome, blessed country and get to come to church and have worship nights and prayer nights and young adult nights and have praise and worship like this. We don't deserve this. We don't. I don't want to bring your world down on you, but we don't deserve it. Okay, because the Bible says that we're sinners. We were never taught to sin. I'm the father of, of four kids and they are perfect. I love them. 
But I want to tell you that no one ever, ha- I never had to sit down and tell my, my kids, okay, let me, I'm going to teach you something right now. Yes, daddy. Let me teach you something. You ready? Yes, daddy. Uh, I'm going to teach you to lie. <laughs> lie? You know, I can just imagine Liam now looking at me going, lie? What's that? You know? I didn't need to teach him or any of my children. In fact, friends, if we want to stop pointing the fingers, we never had to be taught how to lie. We just came with it because we needed to be saved from that. And so Paul is saying, listen, you're called for a holy life. You're not perfect. So Jesus saved you from having to try and reach it, not because of anything that, you, that you've done or we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us or given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Praise Jesus. What an amazing story that Jesus would save every single one of us. He would call every single one of us and he would give us all a purpose and destiny in his plan and destiny for this earth. What an amazing God we serve. You know what? This morning, the defining difference. I want to talk to you today about how do I live this holy life? How do I live this life of influence and this life of, of, of strength in Christ? How do I live this for my life? Is, is anyone interested in this this morning? How do I live it? I want to tell you this morning, Jesus tells us the way to do it. Jesus will never ask you. Have you, ever, you remember that scripture in the Bible where basically the, the, you know, it goes on that, that you will never be given a burden that's too, too great for you? You'll never be given something that's going to crush you. You know, Jesus will always ask us to do things, but he'll always tell us how to do it and give us the ways to do it. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Turn to the person on your left and tell him he's talking to you this morning. Turn to the person on your right and tell them that Jesus loves you. That's good. Get a bit of love in this place. The Bible says in Luke 6, 47 and 49, I love this, how Jesus tells us how to live this holy life. No one wants to just flutter through life. You know, no one wants... One of the things that I loved about, you know, living here in the North Shore and attending this church for for 12 years with my family is that I just loved how there was this motivation, this motivation and a a desire to to better oneself and to to move forward in career and and to to be successful in life. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a great thing. And I I just, no one, you know, woke up this morning and said, you know what, I just don't want to live that holy life. I don't want, I'm not interested. I'm just going to fail in it all and just kind of just throw away my Christianity. No, No one as a Christian, I hope, did that this morning. But the Bible shows us the impossibility, if you read it in its full context in the Old Testament and through the New Testament, that holiness is something that we can't attain. But Jesus has saved us from that. And the Bible shows us very clearly through the words of Jesus how to actually live that life that's strong, that's on the right foundation. But there's a key ingredient. See, people often sit down with me and they say, Darren, how did you take your dream, the ministry, your dream, the school seminars, how, do you, how did you take that from nothing to a ministry that seven years later is flourishing? We've got uh, in admin staff, I think we've got about four staff for admin, and we've got about, um, I think it's 17 or 18 chaplains in 21 schools. And um, so we're talking, it's gone from me with a few men and women that met together in a uh, restaurant, I can't remember, it's the bottom of the hotel up near the, uh, the Westfield, and we met in there, 
And I asked people to partner with me to, to, to launch out and give it a go. And who would know that seven years later that the, the organisation is touching lives every single week, everywhere. And people ask me, how did you do this? And I have a simple answer, which I'm not going to give you because it's at the end. But I want to I read this scripture and this is what I've based my life on. In verse 47 of Luke 6, the Bible says this, Whoever comes to me, Jesus says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. So he, so ladies, don't be offended. We can say she as well. It doesn't matter. It's all kind of the same here. Jesus is talking about all of us. That he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house. I love the old English, eh? Vehemently. How cool is that? Like, go and use that this week, eh, kids? Use that in school? Vehemently. Watch me. Um, and, um, and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 49. But he who heard and did nothing is like the man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently. There's that word again. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. You know what I originally thought this... Um, parable that Jesus was telling. You know what I used to think it was about? I used to think it was just about um, salvation. That's what I thought it was. I thought the rock being Jesus, you build your life on it and, and that's it. Like it's the salvation moment, you know, the house being the representation of someone's life and a house, a life that's built on Jesus. It'll withstand, you know, the, the, the onslaught of sin and, and the, the coming judgment on that. I thought that's what this story was about. But how wrong I was, because when I come across this verse again in my, in my uh, devotional time, I remember that the Holy Spirit started to show me a whole new way. And this is this morning what I want to talk to you about, the defining difference. See, this story is not just about, and it can be applied in so many different ways, but this story is not just about the salvation message. This story is actually about so much more. It's about the holy life. It's about the life that Christ calls us all to and saves us from having to try and achieve by ourselves. This, is the, this, this, this parable is so, uh, so intricate and so it's, it's in fact so important to every believer, every single person for their day-to-day, not just their salvation moment. It's actually their entire life, their day-to-day walk with Jesus. Now, I don't know whether you've seen this before, maybe you have, but the Bible shows me here very clearly is that there are three things that a believer or an individual, a person, that if they want a strong, if they want an inspirational, if they want a life that others will notice, you know, the Bible says that it was noticed, you know, that when one fell, that the ruin of that house was great. So obviously there's an audience They're looking at this and going, wow, that was a great, you went down big time, that was huge. But yet it was noticed that the other one did not. Now, some of the key things we need to see right now, real quick, is we're talking, Jesus is is telling a story, he's telling a parable, yes. Um, Maybe it was based on a real story, who knows. But ultimately, um, maybe from his childhood growing up, he was a carpenter after all, maybe he'd been told this or seen this, who knows. But the thing is, is that we need to get some foundations right. Number one, is that there were two 
people and the Bible does not, Jesus does not go into any differences. He does not say that one of them had a PhD and one of them only had a cert for in building. Did not do that. Just said there were two men. That's it. They're exactly the same. So if the Bible says it like that, it means it like that. These are two people that noticeably weren't any different. Wow, you're going to get this in a minute. This is going to be good. Wait for that. I just feel the Holy Spirit starting to do something already in me. So two people, exactly the same, no different, all the same. The other thing we need to realize is that not only was there two men, exactly exactly the same, no difference, but they were actually in the same area, right? Same place. They're in the same location, same postcode as it was. They're in the same place, right? So here we are, two men, exactly the same, two homes, Okay, being built in the same area. The other thing that we need to notice is because it's not mentioned, so therefore it's exact same, is that the home plans were the same. Exactly the same. By the way, you guys have finished your homes now, haven't you? Very good, huh? You happy? Praise the Lord. Yes, I love, love the day walking into our new home. It was very cool. I just imagined it. It was very cool for Matt and Kim Cross as well. Fantastic. But um, same plans, right? Exactly the same. Right, here it is. Looks the same. Got, got four corners. Might have a little bit out the back, a bit of an alfresco out the back. It's all the same. So same person, same people, same kind of qualification, same standard. There's nothing different about them. Not one's more buff like Chris compared to me, more plump. Right, none of that. What are you laughing at? That really hurts. We'll pray about that later. Um, two people of equal ability Per, per, the same people, same plans, same location. See, Jesus is trying to set you up for something. You can already see it, right? Some of you are already trying to think ahead. Just relax, go with the journey, all right? So, you know, here it is. You've got the same person, same plan, same location, and the fourth factor, same storm. Same storm, okay? So the same storm is hitting the same type of home, is hitting the same location, And it's hitting the homes that two men who are equally the same, of no massive difference, and this same storm is coming down, and yet we have two different results. Now, that should already be starting to ring alarm bells, going, wait a minute, same person, same plan, same location, same storm, you'd think that same result, you know, everything else is the same, let's go for the same result. No, different result. And Jesus tells us why. Now, the thing that makes me really cautious about reading this, um, this passage, uh, if I was saying this story, right? See, see, I'm not Jesus, right? Thank God I'm not Jesus, right? Like, I mean, you know, I'm nowhere near as cool as that man, right? But, uh, you know, the son of God. Now, the thing is, is that I would have said this different. Because Jesus actually gives you, because he just wants it to be simple. He never designed the Christian life, the life following him. He never designed it to be tough, hard, and and, and full of effort and labor. That's not what he said. He said, my burden is light, right? He's saying there is a burden, but we all carry burdens, right? You're either carrying sin, the sin of burden there, or you're carrying Jesus' burden. We're all carrying a burden in life. Yet Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My yoke is light. 
compared to sin, it's a lot better to follow me and carry this burden. That's what Jesus is saying. I'll actually make your life better. You know, Paul puts it in another way. He says, you know, Jesus didn't come. He didn't come to, to, to kind of chain us up and make us slaves again. He came to set us free. So as Christians, we're not meant to walk into work every day, every week going, oh man, you know, my life just absolutely sucks. Are you allowed to say that word? You know, like, you know, oh my gosh. You know, that's not what Jesus designed your life to be. You know, Jesus said that you're his light and salt. That means that you're meant to be, you know, like something different to darkness. The world is dark, the Bible says. So you're meant to be noticed. You're meant, people are meant to look at you and go, wow. What is it about you? We're in the same storm. We're in the same location. And we're in, you know, we're doing the same things. We're building the same thing. We're in the same corporation. We're in the same whatever. But yet there is a different result. What is different about you? That's what's meant to be happening. And this morning I propose to you the defining difference. And I want to talk to you this morning and hope today it encourages you to go out this, this week and live differently for Jesus. Can I also just say before we get into the meat of it here is please don't come up to me at the end and say, Darren, that was an awesome message. Save it for someone who's lost at your work. Don't come up to me and go, oh, Darren, that was awesome, man. That was great. No. Why don't you go and tell someone at the lunch table when they say, what did you do on the weekend? You just go, oh man, I'm so glad you asked. There was this guy, and he just talked about this house, this storm. I'm, I can't get into it right now. We don't have a lot of time, but I'm telling you, it was great. You should come to church this weekend because I'll be here next weekend. <laughs> and instead of you being nice to me, it'd be tops to have this place packed. Now, now that's, I mean that you know, because we could actually see some, lots of people saved. And the defining difference is you right now. It's your world. So let's get into it real quick because I want to finish this off and I want to get this real, real clear to you. Jesus gives us the three things. You ready for them? They're real simple. Jesus says it straight off and that's why I said I would have actually you know, told this story different because I would have started with the dude who lost his house because he actually gives us the answer. Jesus says, let me tell you, whoever comes to me and who hears my sayings and does them, go down to verse 39, he who heard and did nothing. So Jesus tells us the difference between these two outcomes. Same man, same location, same plan, same storm, but not the same result. Why? Because one of them missed a critical and very important point. See, these, both these men actually came to Jesus. That's the assumption that we can see, is that they actually came to him. They, they came to Jesus. They came to church. They come. We're here, man. I pay my tithe. I, say, I give high fives to the greeters at the door, and on the way out, I give the car park a high five too. That's me. I'm here. But Jesus said, that's not going to be the thing that's actually going to decide whether or not your life, your, what you have been called to do, your purpose, your destiny, your life, whether it's going to stand against the storms or it's going to fall. That's not the deciding factor, whether you come to Jesus. So we can, we can actually equate this to, to salvation as well. Is that that moment you gave your life to Jesus, however many years ago or weeks or months ago? That's not the moment. It's not the come. Is That's not the moment. That's not the moment of, of the defining difference. 
And it's certainly not hearing. Jesus says, hearing my sayings in verse 47 and jump down to 49. He says, who heard? See, the Bible shows us very clearly that it's not just about hearing the word of God. Now you go, whoa, wait a minute, man, like I'm in the word of God. Come on. Well, the reality is, is that the word of God, this Bible, just remains words on a page or on a screen until it becomes action. That's when the word of God has power. Did you, did you just hear me or am I offending you? Actually, I hope I am offending you, right? So here we go. So it's not just about hearing the word of God. Because lots of pe- there's lots of words out there, friends, isn't there? Like everyone loves their opinion. Everyone loves giving it to you. You know, I like this, I like that. No, you should have done it like this. You should have done it like that. It's just amazing. When I built my home, I had like the home of what I called my dreams. I thought, man, this is it. I've built a home, water side. We've got lakes either side. We've got a tennis court just around the corner with a little swipe pad. I'm like, yeah, I like this place. It's a cool place, man. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as soon as I start inviting friends in, family members especially, those who are closest to you, amen, hello. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Kim? All right, if everyone else has built a home, you know what I'm talking about too. As soon as you let those family people in, you might as well get ready. Oh, I would have done it differently. And you think, my goodness me, who's living in the home that they just built? Are you? No. What is your problem? But you can't do that because they're family and friends, right? So you just kind of go, ha ha. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's right. I didn't think of it like that. Don't you? Come on. We're all, we're all human. We, <laughs> we, we made a terrible mistake when we built our home. A terrible mistake. No, not the structural or, or the plans. You don't go there. It was perfect. I said that, right? What we made the mistake of doing is we invited some friends and they were, um, they were both youth in our Penrith Youth Ministry many eons ago, right? So we were, we were there, you know, one of their youth pastors. And we invited them over. And Belinda was like you know, a little bit hesitant. We've only just moved back to Penrith. Have you really seen these people for, you know, over a decade, you know, 12, 13 years? Um, you know, what do you reckon? I said, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, but just come on, let's go. That's how I am. Belinda's like, oh, have you thought about this? Well, to say that um, we had... Uh, literally a mini cyclone go through our new home. We had marks on the brand new walls and we've only lived in it for what, a week or less? And, and there's, there's damage to our home because of their four or five sons, right? And just the endless comments. And I don't think I actually sat there at all that night and enjoyed having our first guests over. I made... A bad choice. Now, needless to say, have they ever been back? It's been three years. Have we met them at the park? Yes, we have. (laughs) Are we going to go to your house? No, no, we're going to stay here. (laughs) We're going to have a barbecue here. (laughs) Gee, I hope this never gets out. Anyway, that's all right. They'll get over it. I'll send them to Pastor Anne. She can, she can work them through it. Or Pastor Helen. She'll just tell them what, to, what they need to hear. Anyway. Come on. You guys are getting me off the topic here. Right? Let's get back. Now, Jesus is showing us the three, the third key ingredient 
And that is that we put into action the words that he speaks. This is the defining difference. See, people ask me, Darren, how did you take the ministry, your dream, from nothing to even today our state executive and other national leaders are acknowledging that your dream is a growing influence and putting on the map ministry in schools. How how does that happen? How does that happen that the the Federal Education Department contacts me through just my my meetings with them and says, listen, your organization might fit the bill and I reckon you you guys should actually look at uh, becoming an organization that places chaplains and youth workers in schools. I mean, how does that happen? You know, how does it happen that one of the largest um, uh, Anglican and combined um, other main, mainline church uh, ministries, it's, uh, it's, it's called, they, they came together and they called this, this ministry called Generate and they do a great job and they're the largest organization working in schools. And, uh, and how does it that, that they come and meet with me, the director s- seeks me out and says, uh, how do you do it? And I'm like, what do you mean, how do I do it? And they said, well, we, we've got this. You guys are the second largest, and yet you've only got, you know, three admin staff. How do you do it? Whenever I get that question, whenever someone says, how do you do it? What is it that's different about you? Unknowingly in the past, now, I, I, you know, that the revelation's been revealed to me. In the past, I would just say, oh, well, you know, it's just good choices. I've got God as my foundation in my life. But now... I simply say, because I do what Jesus told me. That's it. There is nothing else to it. I just do what Jesus told me. If I want a life that can withstand the pressures and the storms of life, then what I do is I put those three things into play. Number one. I come to Jesus. I come to Jesus in every area of my life, not just when I need him, but I come to him in all my life, in the good times, the average times, and the bad times. I come to Jesus. Not just that salvation just didn't do it once many years ago. I make the decision every day consciously, even in driving in the car on the way to the office. I'd say, Jesus, I just come to you right now. I'm not the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of my life. I've come to you. I've submitted my life to you. The first thing that I need to do to achieve this life that withstands storms and anything that's thrown at it is I need to come to Jesus. The second one is I need to hear what Jesus is saying. Now, friends, there's probably different ways that you would actually hear how Jesus speaks to you. For me, one of my greatest ways I love hearing from Jesus is I love being on my motorcycle. And the reason why is because I can't take phone calls. I can't even read SMSs unless I want to die, of course. But I don't. So therefore, I don't, I, it's, it's turned off. It's, it's on flight mode. It's in my pocket. It's in my saddle or whatever. And I'm just there. I must look like a raving lunatic. Although people are scared of me because I wear a mask. It's very cool. And uh, got the dark glasses on, got the leather jacket on. And when I pull up next to them, they don't want to look at me. Right? People just like, just stare at the front, stare at the front. Bikey, bikey alert. I'm like, no, I'm a pastor, man. Anyway, but, um, but you scratch my bike, I'll lay hands on you. No, no, no. Um, no. Um, 
But that's where I, I love it. I just love going on rides where I, I'll just hear, you know, just the other day, I just decided that's it, I'm going for a ride. Jumped on the bike and disappeared and then came back and I just had a great time with God. Um, other, there, are, there are other ways that I do it as well. For you, it'd be different to me and it'd be different to the person that maybe even you're married to or sitting next to. You guys are all different. We're all different. But the Bible shows us very clearly is that for us to see this get to the defining difference is we've got to come to Jesus, but we need to hear Jesus. Now, you remember back in your school days, right? You'd remember that there's a big difference between kind of just listening and hearing. There's a difference, right? You know, because uh, listening, I mean, you can listen to people's opinions, you know, but you're not hearing them. <laughs> you look at them and you go, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, your opinion is crazy. It's that simple, right? So you can listen to things and that's why Jesus says that you need to hear what I'm saying. And you know what, friends, as a church, we're going to take a moment at the end of this service to allow each and every one of us to hear no matter what age we're from, no matter what our background is from, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And we're just going to, with our arms outstretched or our hearts open, and we're just going to say, Jesus, I just want you to speak in to my life. The third and the final point, and you're already there, is to do what Jesus said. Whatever he has told you to do, do it. The thing that you were called to do, just do it. See, at the start of this message, I prefaced it all with the same person, same skills, same plans, same location, same storm. Everything was the same. See, friends, we're all the same. We're all sinners. Many of us in this room, praise God, saved by grace. Well done, you're there with me as well. But yet there are still others in this room that right now, you can't honestly say that if I was to die this day, if my life was to end, that I would go to heaven confidently. You can't say that. Well then friend, the Bible says that you can actually come to that moment in your life today. You can make that choice where you can confidently say, I am saved, I am going to heaven. I have a place in heaven with Jesus. You can come to that moment, but there's something you've got to do. The Bible says that an individual, anyone, any age, any any nationality, any place, doesn't have to be in church, can be at a cafe, can be anywhere. The Bible says that if a person confesses with their mouth, believes in their heart what they're saying with their mouth, the Bible says they are saved. You begin the journey like these two men. But sadly, one of them, whose life fell apart because he did not do what Jesus said. One of them did, one of them didn't. One of them didn't. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 